0: everybody and welcome to what's up with that bro it's the show the podcast where we're watching the tv show lost uh, in reverse order as we like to say here we have to go back words through all of the show together with one of our hosts chad wago and he's never seen lost before
1: thank you david k jones i have never watched lost except for all of the episodes that i watched while we were recording this show i mean not at the same time that we're recording but before we And our other host, (laughs) AJ Nieves.
2: Welcome, everybody. I am AJ Nieves. Thank you, Chad, for that introduction. And thank you, David, for starting the show. We are launching off our season two finale. Yeah. Which is entitled Live Together, Die Alone Part Two. Um, So just to jump right in, let's go and set us up. Let's see what we got here. I don't even know what I'm saying. All right. In the episode, flashbacks reveal how Desmond came to the island in real time. Desmond unintentionally returns to the beach and is enlisted by Locke to help him stop the button in the hatch from being pushed. Meanwhile, several castaways head off to rescue Michael's son, Walt, from the others. Uh, and that's, um, that,
1: that sounds like the uh, the summary for part one. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: I, because I
2: don't recall any of that. these
0: motivations yeah. <laughs> being <laughs> present in this episode. You just see them doing those things. Yeah. yeah.
2: They were moving beyond those things. Yeah.
1: Uh speaking of the uh the guys that were trying to rescue uh, Michael's son Walt, uh we get basically two scenes of uh Kate and uh, Jack and uh Sawyer
2: Sawyer, Sawyer. Sawyer. and right. Hurley, yeah. And
1: Hurley. Uh the first one is uh when they're walking up a hill and then they walk down the hill to see the vacuum tube with all of the notebooks uh, that are explained later during the uh, the Locke and uh, Desmond scenes. But while they're investigating all the notebooks and the pneumatic tubes, uh, they see Said signal fire, which we also never see Saeed light. Uh, we only see Saeed look into a bunch of doors. Yeah and nothing's ever explained about that
2: (laughs) but wait do you think that there's going to be an explanation in part one of this
1: uh for him i think that there's an explanation for why he's there looking at all those doors i don't think that there's going to be any explanation for what those
0: huts are or why that (laughs) door leads to rock
1: i don't think that'll literally ever be explained
2: Yeah. yeah Cause we know that cuz we've seen every episode after this and yeah. they never come up again. Yeah, those huts never come back. We never see them after this episode. Yeah. What I'm curious to know is what is your general I mean we're going over it now but what is your general take over this what the events that are unfolding in this episode. Just a just a couple like a quick sentence of what you got out of this episode.
1: Locke tries to meet his destiny. Chad gets confused.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That yeah. slots right in.
1: Yeah. uh, Anyway, the reason why I had brought up uh, that first scene where we see uh, Kate and Jack and Hurley and Sawyer is because uh, when they see the signal fire for Saeed, Jack realizes, hey, we're not going to the beach, despite the fact that that's where Michael said that he was going to take them. And it's real interesting that it's only then... That he notices they're not going to the beach because they were walking uphill. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, it just I, he was like, "Is there a secret beach on this yeah. island that I don't know about?"
1: Is the beach on the mountain?
2: <laughs> it's, it's a uh, shortcut. We just have to climb a mountain. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a sliding board. It takes you it right down <laughs> to this one beach.
1: I was just like, what. Stuck. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: that, is a, that is a little frustrating um, We do get a chance to jump back into Desmond's Pass here We see him um, in the hatch And he's got another person with him A guy named Kelvin oh. Yeah, And Kelvin
1: Is uh, played by the
2: Kurgan Who is the, what is who the Kurgan? Is the, Kurgan?
1: Uh, the Kurgan is the bad guy from Highlander
2: Oh yeah! Yeah! Oh. I totally forgot about that.
1: Or, uh, uh, as uh, some of our uh, younger listeners may be familiar with him, Mr. Krabs. Oh, he's Mr. Really? Krabs? Isn't he?
0: I did not know uh, that. I'm pretty
1: sure that Kurgan is Mr. Krabs. That's
2: amazing.
0: Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's... I know him best from Starship Troopers, where he was the... Uh... <laughs> the
2: winner of the war. Yeah. <laughs> was he the winner? Like...
0: No. I think he was the uh, like was, drill was sergeant guy. The...
2: I thought he was the teacher. No, that was Michael Ironside. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe it was Michael Ironside. Somebody gets Yeah, Clancy
1: Brown is uh, voiced by. uh, Or Clancy
2: Brown does the voice for Mr. Krabs. Wow. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have put that together, but yeah, all right. I like that guy. I I, I think I mentioned it while we were watching it, but I always remember him as the dad from Pet Cemetery (laughs) 2 with. uh, I can't remember that actor's name. John Connor from Terminator 2. But yeah, that was a that was a that was a weird one. But Michael like uh, uh, I forget. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Was
1: Was he John Connor? I want to say he was. Ooh. Uh,
0: yeah, I think that sounds
2: right. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be one of those. But yeah, it's it's good to see him in here. So he's doing the whole. Um, I guess he's playing another soldier type that's also got stuck in in the um in the uh and in, in got locked down or stayed down there in in the, in the yeah. hatch.
0: Because he had joined the Dharma Initiative, he said. He's a
2: Dharma member. Yeah, and he
0: was stuck down there with um, Radzinski, which seems like a mystery, but we know who Radzinski is, he, yeah. he was a jerk.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember Radzinski. Jesus Christ.
0: But uh, Kelvin Inman, he's got a great line in this episode, because they're talking about how Desmond used to be in, in Her Majesty's Army in, in England, and he goes, well, why did you leave that nice old lady's army? <laughs> I've always wanted to be in a situation where I'm like shit talking like a British
2: soldier, so I can say, yeah, <laughs> "This has never come up." That's amazing. You're like, oh, "Okay, are we doing any joint work with any other uh, any other people?" It's yeah. a, it's like UN work. You got to like join the UN or something, and then when you when you meet the British forces, like, "Ha, I got this." Yeah,
1: the thing about that though is uh, nowadays you'd be like, "How's it working for that nice old lady?" And they would be like, "How's it working for that orange crazy?" Man? Yeah. <laughs>
2: He's just like, all right, well, checkmate then, I guess. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, this is an exciting episode. I feel like Lost is burning on all cylinders in this episode. Yeah. It's, a, it's their finale, so, you know, uh, they don't spare on spectacle. Uh, we see that in the hatch scenes, which is always kind of fun. Um, One yeah. of the big
1: hatch scenes uh, involves them trying to dynamite uh, the doors inside yeah. the hatch.
2: This feels like a weird ass, like, bottle episode like you know were but slash um, heavy on the CGI like yeah. they put in CGI like crazy that CGI belt at the beginning which was
1: yeah there was the CGI belt which was not great there's
2: CGI stars there's like there's
1: CGI stars which were fine yeah. <laughs> there was the CGI dynamite explosion which again fine yeah. and there was a the CGI bolt which was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like it, it it was like that submarine that we shit talked for the entire season. <laughs> yeah. It was worse than that. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. This this episode does have one of my favorite directors on Lost. It's Jack Bender, the guy who's done a bunch of uh, Game of Thrones episodes. And I think that guy kinda also very good at bending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does really well at directing these um these these big set pieces that you see in a lot of shows. So like if there's like these these giant um, scenes, and, and in this particular case, it's not like we witnessed like a battle or anything, but we did see
1: there was one fight. <laughs>
2: there was yeah. one fight that um, involved
1: uh, bad tackling. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: They didn't have the uh, the good tackling stunt yeah. coordinator yet.
0: That's that what is... happens when you tackle someone badly; you kill them.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that guy is not that guy is earning his paycheck. The tackle <laughs> guy, like the <laughs> fight coordinator. He just goes. <laughs> all, he definitely hey, leveled up the fights in yeah. the show. Yeah, he kind of did. Um, but yeah, it, it always kicks off with a tackle, which is so bizarre. <laughs> in this particular case, uh, Kelvin bitted.
0: Yeah. But
2: uh, yeah, he's gone. He, um, there, there seems like, a, I guess there's a lot that we can make out of this because um, I, we, we got those, um, those, I don't know what I call bottle... Episode scenes with Desmond and, and Locke. Um, I thought those were effective because um, it wasn't. I wasn't bored by it at all. And also, too, this show did a really good job of keeping the tension by keeping that clock on the whole episode. Like they just <laughs> we just had the clock for the entire hour, um, which is which is fun, and it kind of added to the to the whole. Um, you guess what they were trying to build, which is the yeah. tension and suspense. It was fun. yeah,
0: ticking clock is good for that.
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> They almost went with a metronome and then they're like, well, let's decide against that. We'll go with the the Dharma clock. So
1: in the summary that you read, uh, it said that this was happening in real time, right? Yeah. So we got to see the clock several times as it as the <laughs> clock ticked down. However, uh it didn't have like the ticking in the corner like in twenty four mm, yeah.
2: holy shit. That would have been. That would have been
1: a lot more tense, I yeah. feel
2: like. That would have, that would have added another dimension to the show, and it would have been a little risky too because that's not often seen. I think. I mean, but
1: especially not the the uh, uh, flip flippy clock. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. usually like a digital
2: timer when yeah. they do that. Somebody had to build that flippy clock, and also somebody had to like put those weird symbols <laughs> for like when <laughs> stuff started going wrong. And I'm guessing it's Dharma, but. Um, But those symbols are associated with the others throughout the show because we see those same symbols in other cave markings and stuff. So, you know, my question is, what the fuck? Like, whose symbols are these? Because, I mean, this was a thing that...
0: The whole station was built by the Dharma Initiative. Mm -hmm. But, like, Pierre Chang and Radzinski were designing it and did all the stuff for it, right? So they made a conscious decision to be like, oh, yeah. When it starts to count down and have, like, an alarm... It needs to turn into hieroglyphics.
1: Wait. And also, the Dharma Initiative, it's supposed to be uh, you know, sort of Eastern thought, right? Right. And hieroglyphics is like, uh, you, guys are, uh, you guys are mixing things yeah. up here.
2: And we get that a lot throughout the entire series. We get that foot statue, which kind of has like a... It originally had that... Uh, it was a statue of Anubis or something, right? And that was mm-hmm. like taken from Egyptian, yep. yeah, you know, culture and all that stuff, which is kind of interesting. The whole... I mean, going back to the Razinski thing, didn't he die when um, when they, they atom-bombed that thing in the 70s? At... I think they just knocked him out or something. Oh, and then he went on to live and meet Calvin and blow his brains out in the head. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I thought he was shot and killed during that that firefight they had, and I think was our season four finale or something. Yeah.
1: No, I don't think that they like said like, oh, well, all these people are dead. They just got shot.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So it's
1: entirely possible that he got shot, and then he's just like, I'm just gonna lie down
0: here. Yeah. <laughs> also, I that there was a nuclear
2: explosion. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. I wonder, like. Cause yeah, cause if there was a nuclear explosion in the seventies, yeah, and all right, but yeah, I don't know how that how that works out. Yeah. But I, eh, uh, maybe he
0: wasn't even there. Maybe they not. Maybe he was stuck in the in their camp. Oh maybe. yeah. Maybe we need to go back and watch another finale. Yeah. <laughs> we'll may, go and catch up with Redzinski.
1: Was he maybe in the uh, the TV monitor one?
0: Yeah, he could have been.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so they talk about a bunch of stations. They talk about the pearl and um, is the pearl the one with the televisions? Is that what?
1: what that, that's yeah. what uh, Locke was saying.
2: Right. I, I can't. I can't remember the pearl. I know we discussed it a bunch of times, but
1: I know we've seen the one with all the TV monitors. Yeah, hmm. and the
2: functioning toilet. Mm-hmm. What was the? What was? What was the scene about with the pneumatic tubes? Like I, I didn't. I didn't piece that.
1: Well, together. Uh, that was that goes with the pearl because. Uh, Locke had mentioned that they were filling out notebooks about their observations about what was going on in the hatch,
2: and it was just spinning out to nowhere. Yeah,
1: yeah, like it was supposed to go to their headquarters, except headquarters apparently got leveled in the atomic
0: bomb explosion. At some point, I seems... don't know because I I don't know how many people survived that and how long the Dharma Initiative stayed around because they still finished building the the Swan Station there over that electromagnetic anomaly
2: all right this this here is is theory crafting but i wonder because we know that the island moves maybe during after the atom bomb explosion the island was moved and maybe the explosion stayed. <laughs> i don't know that sounds so stupid yeah. it's completely explosion,
1: possible the end of season four or five
0: four five i don't know because
1: didn't the atom bomb explosion trigger the sideways five. reality
0: oh yeah, yeah. Right. It yeah, was. yeah it was five. Yeah. and then four was i think we ended on the freighter stuff yeah because the aware. season six opens with seeing the
2: island on the bottom of the ocean that's right yeah and then they had that shark with the uh dharma logo on it um she's also kind of interesting yeah Dharma so, shark <laughs> dharma shark so also never explained yeah 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 i guess i guess we're just supposed to take away that they had Polar bear. Yeah. So let's say they didn't well, have other animals. I think
0: that whole thing with uh, where and when the next season starts and Jack wakes up and he's in that room, at some point they mentioned it was a uh, place where they were doing experiments on sharks, which I think we we heard and didn't really think about.
2: Oh, I think
0: when if we were watching it the, in regular order, it'd be like a big mystery about it. I see.
1: Oh, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it never got solved. Different, yeah. and then. All of a sudden, at the beginning of season six, you see the Dharma shark. And they're like, yeah, look, see, we remember things.
2: (laughs) We'll chuck it in there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this show, it seems like it was fun for the writers to write themselves out of corners, I guess, that they painted themselves in, which... um, it's not always necessarily a bad thing. Bad, uh, Breaking Bad was famous for doing that stuff. They would write themselves into corners all the time and then um then they'd just write themselves out of it. Feels like they did more of an effective mm-hmm. job. This one like it's um well for Lost in general, like a lot of the mysteries kind of just lay hanging and um they don't really tie up everything. So like I guess you could say like um maybe not as effective, but but they were down just to throw out a lot of mysteries and let that float. And then, like, everybody just comes up with their own conclusion. Um, which is part of the fun of the show. But yeah. also what made it so controversial at its end, where people <laughs> either loved it or hated yeah. it and, and all this other stuff. I, yeah, so that's 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 always strange. But we we I guess we'll get a lot of that because it seems like uh, when they were writing a lot of the, the seasons... Um, the seasons started to fold in on themselves, so like there was a lot of a lot of circular stuff that kind of came back around towards the ends. Like season six did a lot of mirroring of sir, season one, I think, and yeah. season two for season five. Um, in this particular case, I can't keep it all straight, but I, I know that it's like some more stuff we'll probably see come back around. Yeah, coming back this way, which is always fun.
1: So uh, one of the things that we had mentioned when we are talking about the big action. Was uh, dynamite in the hallway because mm-hmm. that was uh, uh, Mister Echo and Hobbit Charlie 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 uh, trying to get into uh, the hatch. I mean, they were kind of in the hatch already, but they weren't like in in because there was a lockdown. Yeah. I guess
0: they weren't in the computer room.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, not not explained in this episode why uh, Mister Echo wanted in. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't explained until. Maybe halfway through, mm. why Locke was in?
3: Mm. Yeah,
2: I love I loved what we got with Locke and Echo because we we already know, um, and this is season two. The season two finale, we already yep. know Locke to be, um, you know, he's he's the signature man of faith, and he's having a crisis of faith in this hatch, which is amazing. I don't know. I thought that was kind of fun to to watch him have this crisis, but the show seems like they they always want to have some of that pushback for those those arguments that they present on the show. So you always have your man of science and then you have your man of, of faith. And I don't think Locke was really playing any role of science or anything like that, but he was definitely a man that was out of faith or yeah. had nothing left to, to put his his faith in. And he says it's because of that kid that died, and I'm assuming it's Boone, which we haven't seen yet. Right. Um,
0: Some other kid, maybe.
2: Maybe, could yeah. Have, could have been Jack's son David. We don't know. <laughs> the one that doesn't exist? He's <laughs> uh. dead. This is how we beat a point to death. <laughs> I'm just fucking around, but like, yeah. Uh, I wonder, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, Open the door. I will forgive you. That's a line that we get out of Echo, which yeah. is kind of it. Kind of stood out to me a little bit. I think we we know Echo to have a religious past, or at least some kind of involvement with religious. His brother being a priest, yeah. And and, uh, and I. Yeah, and so, then he, yeah. he stole his brother's life and lived as a priest for a while. <laughs> right, right. He has that 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 stick covered in scripture. Yeah. Um. So. So he's a man of faith. Yeah, it seems like he's he's uh, he's more of the traditional faith. He's like a man of God or mm. something, where he's just a lot of his a lot of his stock kind of his energy gets devoted to a lot of that. Where I think it seemed like Locke was a man of faith, but not for any particular religion or anything but like he was a man that just had faith and his faith is normally betrayed he's like the charlie brown of of the show um but yeah it's it's kind of neat to i don't know
0: yeah and it's it's fun in this episode because he he has his crisis of faith and he stops believing and says you know what if we don't push this button nothing's gonna happen i don't have any faith in this and then it turns out that he was he was wrong that he was right the first time
2: yeah
0: and so it's like he should have his faith
2: yeah, th- I mm-hmm. guess that restores his faith in yeah. a way, right? Like for all the seasons to come, because in the seasons that we see after this, he doesn't waver in a lot of his decision yeah. making. Like he kind of seems a little bit more staunch. Um, this one, you could see. I, that's why I, I love Terry O'Quinn in the show because like you could see that he um, he kind of had like um, you could see a lot of the facial acting that he had to do. Where he was still he was having a crisis of faith, but he was still kind of questioning himself, mm-hmm. and it wasn't in the in the actual text but you can kind of see it on the actor's face which i was like oh this is dope it's yeah. it's kind of nice to see but it's yeah it was it was fun terryo quinn is great on the show um won that emmy kind of well deserved yeah even though he kind of won it in spite of uh the episode that was submitted by sun and Jin <laughs> when they tried to win um but yeah um it, i i found that kind of kind of interesting which is you know but that's nah. pretty much it What's behind the wall, Kelvin? That's a quote that we get out of Desmond today. And Kelvin kind of tells him it's something electromagnetic, whatever. Yeah.
1: It's a very unique uh, electromagnetism, apparently.
2: So we see the origin of Desmond getting his powers, I'm assuming, in this episode, right? Turns Maybe. the fail or. Or <laughs> Maybe.
1: Maybe he al- was always immune to electromagnetism. No. Oh, shit.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. I can I can vibe on that.
1: Like, maybe that's the reason why it had to be him. Yeah. I see. Like, he was fated to be the one to turn the key because only he could survive it.
2: Yeah. I see. Yeah, that that works for me.
1: And I, mean, I have no idea what happens to him after the key turns because I've forgotten so much of what <laughs> happened in Season 3. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, the next time we see him, he's flashing through time, I think. Like he's having all kinds of weird flashbacks and he can't get it together.
3: I think. Oh wait! No, oh wait, no, no! No!
0: Now
1: I remember. The next time we see him, uh, he's running naked in the yeah. forest, yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah. they're trying to—they're uh, trying to help with. Uh, um,
0: was it Echo? Yeah, Echo got kidnapped by a bear. It, was he having
2: the flashes when we met him in the season three premiere? It
0: must have been the Charlie flashes. He must have started getting his Charlie flashes after this. I see. Nice. So I feel apparently, this
1: got gave him his premonition powers, yeah. but the electromagnetism proofness was all could have always been there. Yeah, we
0: that's how he we survived.
2: Well, okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and um, he also he gives us that signature line, which is very Desmond of mm. him. See you in the next life, brother. Yeah. Which it comes back seasons uh, for a few more seasons. Yeah. which mm-hmm. is always fun. Um, but yeah, we kind of see them planting seeds for what they did in the final season. But I, I don't think they really knew what they were going to do. No. It, was, it was it was kind of fun that they went that direction. Um, and then we still get a chance to have fun with that, that, that classic Desmond line. See yeah. you in another life, brother.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the electromagnetism is going crazy in the room and stuff's flying around and everybody's freaking out. But he stays calm mm. and unaffected by that electromagnetism.
2: Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, that's right. So maybe he always had the power. Always had the ability. <laughs> like, I want to know his origin story yeah. so bad. Like, did he happen when he was fighting for the queen? That's
0: yeah. what I want to know. Yeah, so he was he was a, a uh, like a bomb technician or something for the army, All right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so being immune to electromagnetism would help you with that because there are a lot of electrical <laughs> things going on when you're diffusing bombs, where you, like static electricity you could set it off and things like that. So if you were immune to electromagnetism, it would make you a better bomb disposal
1: technician. So- if you're immune to electromagnetism, do you not build up a static charge? I would say
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> like he—he's never been shocked walking around like uh, touching. I'm a, not a, a scientist, so I don't.
0: <laughs> I, I would think so. Uh,
2: yeah, that, that was kind of interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, also, side note: I was just in uh, Wisconsin with my wife visiting her family, and it was very dry there, even though there's a lot of snow on the ground. Um, and so there's a lot of ele- uh, static electricity, so I was mm. constantly getting shocked every time I touched anything. Holy shit. Which is not a thing that happens in Hawaii because of the humidity. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's That always surprises me whenever I go to the mainland. The static electricity is a thing. Damn.
2: Huh, that's, that's crazy.
1: You, you, like, have to be, like, moving around a lot on carpet or, yeah. like, inside a car in Hawaii to build up a charge. Mm, yeah. And it's almost always, like, discharged very quickly.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. I see. Damn, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Man, I see. So listeners, if you ever come to Hawaii, you can touch balloons safely <laughs> without worrying about getting a static electric charge. Shock.
1: Uh, you can probably uh, use your phone when you're filling up gas. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I you're not that. supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Mythbusters re- yeah. uh, said that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, it's not even like just uh your phone charges you up it's because most people that are using their phone go back to sit inside their car so the thing is uh when their clothes rubs up against the car seat Ah. when they get in and out of the car
2: that's what's building up the charge oh shit i see interesting i wonder how many gas stations are lost due to yeah
0: because you never hear about gas stations exploding
2: ever like, you know it's a thing because, like, they have the warnings up and right. all that stuff. So, like, you know it's
0: real. <laughs> I never but it heard can't of... really be a thing because of how much people use their phones. You think it would be happening all the time.
2: Yeah. It's mm-hmm. got to be, like, a theoretical thing. Yeah. Like, this could theoretically happen given the right circumstances. Like, you
1: would feel like if it did actually happen, like, it's something that we would have heard about. Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. And I've not heard anything about mm-hmm. that. Like, I've never heard of anybody blowing themselves <laughs> up at a gas station. But, yeah, I wonder. Yeah.
0: I think it's like a it's like a cover your ass thing for the gas stations to put a sticker up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like if somebody (laughs) did blow themselves up then like the family or whatever surviving members can't come after that. Yeah.
1: But the thing is if they blew themselves up chances are you wouldn't be able to prove that there was a sticker there because that pump would have been blown up. Right.
2: And how would you even determine it was by means of static charge? Like we're going down a rabbit hole, guys, <laughs> and I'm. I'm I, I really want to get to the bottom yeah. of this. So, Does... l- listeners,
0: if you can find a news story about someone blowing themselves up at a gas station with their phone, tweet it at us. With hashtag gas gas baby, man, baby. <laughs> gas baby. Oh
2: shit. <laughs> We do get a, a big revelation in the episode. It feels almost like a source of contention. It says um, Desmond turns to Locke at one point in the episode and says, "I think I crashed your plane." I was always in the, on the under the impression that it was um, it was uh, Jacob that brought the plane, wow. and I thought Jacob was the one to bring the plane. Right. But I don't know if he's working through Desmond, but how could that be? So yeah. were these two events not connected? He makes little things happen
0: here and there, so I think he could have helped you know Kelvin Inman find the boat and kind of plant the seed in his head that oh yeah I need to do this to fix the boat and leave and which led to Desmond following him out there that day and killing him
1: so Desmond or whoever is uh in the hatch has to type the numbers. Yes, right. Uh, everyone knows what the numbers are. I don't.
0: Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. Forty-two. Yeah, yeah that that <laughs> seems like. I only some... said the last number. <laughs> I was like, I know forty-two. <laughs> that seems
1: like something you could type fairly quickly if you've been doing it every one hundred and eight minutes. Yeah. For how long? Uh, it's at has least he been two shaving? Years. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Because Kelvin said you've been shaving every day for.
2: Four years, maybe? Is that what he said? Is it four years? Because he says, cause Desmond says that he hasn't seen the outside for two years. Yeah. That, that's and a line. Then, yeah, and
0: then the next flashback is when that happens. So some amount of time passes after that. At least two years. It's been okay. at least two years. So every
1: 108 minutes yeah. for a number of years, <laughs> right. he had to type in the same thing. So that should be fairly quick, right? Yeah. It took him kind of a while <laughs> when uh, the electromagnetism was making everything go crazy. Right because he waited too long yeah so could it be that that's when jacob was affecting things oh. by being like mm, no you made a typo <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. oh if he's, yeah i see yeah because like he, he's like you said he starts putting in those first couple of numbers and you just see system failure and whatever mm-hmm. but yeah maybe maybe it was yeah. I, I could i could buy that if they use that as as the explanation i would i would totally buy that yeah. except they're not using that because <laughs> it's never explained yeah. so we just have to yeah. do this so we don't go crazy Man, you're like yeah. how did we make this make sense it makes
0: sense I mean <laughs> we say later on Locke is go- goes into the cabin to meet Jacob and like, it's just a rocking chair but then shit starts flying around and everything like Jacob can do that he oh. could have made extra stuff fly around in that room to distract Desmond
1: oh okay yeah yeah he could have like maybe bumped uh, Desmond's hand when he yeah. was
2: typing yeah <laughs> <laughs> just a ghost bump (laughs) yeah i um yeah i don't know i i was kind of because didn't
1: desmond hit execute like several times too yeah yeah Yeah. so that means that uh he screwed up at least twice
2: (laughs) (laughs) he was uh he just that's a lot to deal with he was just dealing with the like murdering a man Mm -hmm. and then like um was uh, oh, he he didn't he didn't find the letter from Penny until after all this was settled, right? right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like he 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 had continued to do stuff for a while, I think, <laughs> yeah. before he found the letter from Penny.
2: I see. Yeah, he was in like for he the... was at the end of his rope. Yeah.
1: When uh, he found the letter from Penny, and he heard a uh, lock knocking.
2: Yeah. I find that such a fascinating. Um, well, I don't know if we want to call it a plot device, but it's a fascinating scenario that they've created for. A character to be stationed in a room, and you have to continually enter in these numbers to save the world or save the island, at the very least, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I find that so interesting. Like just the uh, the concept of it and how it gets debated in that in that that bunker with Locke, where you know it it does take a measure of faith to keep pressing those numbers because none of them have seen things are going haywire, with the exception of Desmond, I guess. Um, but even that is. Even, even Desmond kind of uh, doesn't believe that anything will become of the hatch if, if they don't press in the numbers, because he's there with Locke no. in that, that locked-up station. And what we got from the summary, they're there together.
0: And it's a weird that he experienced what happens when that countdown goes down, and the electromagnetism starts going crazy. Yeah, he still, at least by the time this episode happens, he, he doesn't believe it if he's stuck in the room with... He's, he's willingly, it seems like, in the room with Locke, saying we're going to let this thing count down and see what happens afterwards. But he already has a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. Yeah, Yeah.
1: maybe he's Uh. also testing Locke. Mm. Desmond? Yeah. How so? Uh, Because he said that Locke is testing his faith, right? So maybe he's testing Locke, testing his faith to see whether or not uh, Locke is actually worth him going and uh, turning the key
2: i see no. huh interesting I i find yeah even even the idea um we i guess we get that scene with kelvin um at the failsafe with with desmond um and i guess that's supposed to do a little waving away of why didn't he just press it and then they both leave on the boat together right but then he does but uh Kelvin does give that that uh that one line of dialogue where he's saying like if you could pull your finger out of the out of out of the hole in the dam and then blow it up would you do it right because it takes courage weird mixed metaphor (laughs) it's not weird weird, but it is a mixed it is weird like you're holding back the dam and now you want to destroy the dam.
0: right well just the idea that if i take my finger out of the dam that'll make it blow up
2: yeah yeah that's not what would happen yeah It would just collapse I guess, his, yeah, that is kind of strange, right? Because, like, his solution is, uh, you know, I, I have this key and whatever, but I, I, I guess, how did he. Was it Resinti? I guess it was Resinti that told him about, about the fail safe or whatever. Is, I, I guess that's what we're yeah, to he He had to open. There. Yeah. Yeah. How else would he know, right? Yeah. Unless he was just assigned there. Because he wasn't assigned there. He ends up going there after whatever. And they don't really explain how he yeah. gets there, I'm assuming. Maybe they might we might find out more about it in part one of this finale, but, but yeah um yeah but he's down there, but he's um he has chosen he's made a choice to rebuild Desmond's ship and then leave on his own and just leave somebody else to to do this um and then when he's found out he offers desmond to to come along with him um and he had a gun like he could have just ended desmond there i guess he still needed somebody to press the button but his reaction to desmond is so nonchalant when he gets like busted like you ever get caught in the lie and he was just he he had like he had the resolve of a dude that's like no i don't i don't know who that is i don't know why she's calling me on my phone i don't know why she's sending me these pictures either what me (laughs) but he has that kind of confidence and then like um well
1: he he mentions uh during that fight scene or right before it that uh like desmond identifies him earlier in the episode as having been in an army he mentions uh right before that fight scene that he was actually a spook yeah so the thing is uh well of course he's good at lying he used to be like cia or fbi uh, or something
2: i see so how does a spook get recorded, uh, Recorded gets uh, recruited to join the Dharma Initiative? And I, well, that's strange. Because he's been with them since the 70s, I'm assuming. Because like, he says he was Dharma, and he wasn't with the people that killed Dharma, which we find to be the others. Right.
0: So that happens at
2: some point later on, but we don't know
0: when. Because it happens when Ben is an adult, mm-hmm. which is it's probably 10 years after the... The incident because he's a he's a kid when that happens
2: when the when the when um what's her name gets blown up right when she blows up yeah everything. Yeah, yeah yeah
0: so we have little boy been there but then when they when they kill everybody that's when he's is he, a grown up
2: huh so I see so we're aware of the incident the incident is something that is concurrent on the timeline that we're watching but this incident was an atom bomb like yeah like is this, that the incident well, oh, well, it was the, it was the mag- magnetism, right? Like, But it was stopped by her detonating that atom bomb, by slamming that rock Something on it? Something happened. Something
0: like that. Yeah, because it, it could be that whatever sort of electromagnetic anomaly the Dharma Initiative had found there interfered with the bomb actually destroying the entire island. It was some sort of other weird mixed explosion that caused this
1: build-up Couldn't it have been the, uh, the gas Possibly. And they just yeah. assumed that it was uh, an electromagnetism?
2: Know. Oh, maybe.
0: Yeah, because we don't know really I, a lot about what the, right. what the incident is. they ever what the incident is, to my knowledge, right.
1: uh, from what I've seen. Uh, they just keep referring to it. And we're left, like, we've been assuming that the incident is uh, the season five finale. Right. But isn't it also possible that they could have been calling when everyone in dharma died the incident
2: right oh maybe that's maybe that's the case they yeah they weren't too clear on that or maybe yeah maybe i'm just not clear on that but yeah that does seem a little strange but i know we did get some info from pierre chang and i believe this is in the season five where they start discussing uh, or they start talking about what's what is also a part of that part of that area he starts talking about exotic matter and some other stuff which is um I think that was just all the all the all the general stuff that you'd need for time travel that I think the writers kind of toss in there. But mm-hmm. there's supposed to be electromagnetism, some kind of exotic matter. What they t- said was exotic yeah. matter, and then and some a, other stuff. And a donkey wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, and donkey wheel is what season three is that the is that what we got? Because we saw. Maybe four, I think? I want to say it was like four. Oh, that's right. It is four. because that's greater people. Right? That's so yeah. where Ben leaves the island by turning the wheel. And supposedly he can't come back. Um, but, you know, he does. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a lot of
0: people in this show that say, oh, you can never come back. And they're, whoever they're talking to always comes back.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. It seems like... Um, it, we could, I guess we could write it off as, like, just plot device. Mm. But it could also be, like... Um, yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, it, it, I think those characters genuinely
0: genuinely believe that you can't get back without yeah some kind of Jacob type help.
2: Yeah, that that heading that um, that Ben gives to to Michael at the end of the episode like is also kind of interesting because that never comes back. I don't think because yeah. he gives him a bearing to follow and this will lead him to rescue. And we know that Michael does make his way off the island, goes back to civilization. And um, the heartbreaking thing about this is, we come to find out in later seasons that that uh, Michael's not even with his son. I think the, and they I think they had written Michael's character where he was too torn up with with the two murders that was on his yeah. conscience. So um, and I think because Walt is special psychically
0: somehow, and he was having like nightmares or something. Like he he could feel what Michael had done is what it seemed like. Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, I see. I. I I did. I did track that line that we get from Ben in this episode where he says, um, "Yeah, so you could take your son and go." He was a bit more than we thought we could take on there What did you guys make of that line? Oh, he was a bit. I something to the effect of like he was a bit more than what we bargained for, or something.
3: Like yeah.
1: Oh, no. No. Now that David said that he's psychic, apparently that was it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did that not come up at all?
1: No. No. I. I had no idea no, no. he was psychic. <laughs> Like, I did not get that at all from uh, that one episode that I saw
0: This might be a Michael. theory. This might be a fan theory based off of when he showed up and Locke was in that pit of dead bodies. And he was mm-hmm. telling Locke to get out. That's and I think right. people were like, oh, he's psychically projecting himself.
2: Right. And Which I, I think was that like,
0: was a fan theory.
1: Yeah, yeah it, he was it's like, not just Locke hallucinating. Yeah, or a smoke He was, like,
2: covered in rain, too, and shivering, I think, in that scene or something. Maybe. Um, something like that. Which is, I guess, maybe they just... <laughs> They psychically projected him from somewhere yeah. in the past where it was raining, but they just abandoned that story and they're like, "This boy's getting too tall. Yeah. <laughs> we can't have him back on the show." <laughs> they do that like in later because yeah. like, the timeline of the show. Even is... Even this episode. Yeah, yeah, because they keep him
0: like laid down low, yeah. right? Like here, hide under the, the console of the boat yeah, so they you don't his son out to him.
2: Like <laughs> here, your son who has grown three inches, you know, yeah. like four inches in the last two months or whatever that you've been <laughs> on this island. Which is which is also kind of interesting, but um, yeah, even like uh, later when Locke leaves the island, and goes back to civilization by turning the wheel, he meets up with with uh, with Walt, and Walt is just shown from like a window staring yeah. down, right? And they just they don't show Walt <laughs> beyond that.
1: Wait, whose car does Walt walk up to? Because doesn't Walt walk up to someone's car at some point? Yeah, he sees Locke, I think.
0: That's right. I and mean, Locke comes back.
1: Michael is the one that uh, sees uh, Walt through the window, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because when, so. when he sees Locke later on, it's also like a flash forward for like three years or whatever. That's so right. That explains him being a teenager and six feet tall.
2: <laughs> They're like, we want to get this boy back. Yeah. We need to explain it in such a way. That's the, I guess that's like a, that's like a problem that you encounter with most shows, right? Where like, yeah. uh, where the kids will age out or, you know, like especially for a story like this where it's complex, but they were also telling The timeline's know, very complex. Yeah. Right. It's very, it's a very it's a very set timeline that they're explaining, and um, the show...
1: Because the first, what, five seasons happen in, what was it, like, 100 days? Yeah, yeah, something like that.
2: Yeah, something strange, like, it's just, yeah, like, less like
0: half a year or yeah. something like that. I think, like, the whole fourth season is, like, three or four days, because, like, they find out about the freighter people, and then the freighter people show up and kill a bunch of people, and then That's right. and then they leave.
2: That's the whole season, and it's, like, just less than a week or something. Damn. Yeah, the show was, was moving quick on the timeline stuff, which is... You know, I don't know, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that it's, if they're doing that, they keep it on that island because then, you know, it's easier to move around. Um, Like other shows, nothing specific, but other shows like, you know, like people would be wondering like, how did they get from one place to one place and, and make it this quickly and all this kind of stuff. So I guess that was kind of one way for them to kind of work around that. They were kind of just on the island. So it's kind of built in.
1: So this has uh, nothing to do with the episode, okay. but uh, uh, one of the guys who uh, did a bunch of stuff for Lost, uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite comic writers, Brian K. Vaughn, uh, apparently uh, he just signed a deal where he's going to be writing the Gundam movie.
2: Wow! Yeah. Interesting. I see. I I was never a big fan of Gundam, but I, I knew that... Um, I remember when I was in high school, like there was always it seemed like there was like a split faction. There was like kids that were into Dragon Ball and then there was kids that was into Gundam. And I remember like I wasn't a big fan of Gundam, but I, I as a like now I could see like yeah, it has like a big following and it's a lot of good story and that. But um but yeah, I've always been like a Dragon Ball guy, I <laughs> guess. But um but yeah, Gundam is actually pretty pretty dope. Yeah.
0: So, so listeners so- let us know on Twitter if you're Team Gundam or Team <laughs> Dragon
2: Ball. <laughs> Wait, so wait, is this like this is gonna be a straight up live action movie? Yeah, yeah, apparently. Nice. Interesting. That'd be kinda of fun to see.
1: I was just throwing that out there because uh, Brian K Vaughn did work on Lost.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Um uh, wait, so he's writing he's writing he's writing the script for yeah. listening to the movie? I see. That's gonna be kinda of interesting to see. I would watch that. Yeah. I
0: don't know anything about it other than there's giant robots but I'm in.
2: Yeah. We get this uh this that keyhole that that fail safe keyhole like they they spend some time over it but they they kind of give it that ominous glow or whatever to make it look a certain way i felt like that added to the episode too because if there's just some random key in a wall somewhere it would be that would be a little less i'll well, be less exciting yeah. to watch but. i think i think you've
0: mentioned this before every time there's a a season finale someone has to go climb down into a hole
2: yeah that's right yeah um what were we saying that was um joseph campbell's storytelling oh method. yeah um something the that we,
1: descent yeah
2: so like there, there's always that and we get that i think we get that throughout the season but i'm actually yeah. happy yeah i'm glad that you mentioned that i totally forgot about it but there is always a descent and then there's always like you know them climbing out of whatever hole and we get that and they kind of have it couched nicely in the, in the hatch scenes yeah it's always kind of fun yeah usually someone climbs down in a hole and then there's an explosion yeah yeah, that's true. Like throughout uh, the mo- the multiple seasons that we've seen, the finales usually have some kind of pulling on on those on those uh, themes and yeah. ideas, which is kind of neat. Uh, I'm glad that they did it. Um, kind of excited to see what the season mm-hmm. one finale will be. Who's calling yeah. down? What? <laughs> <laughs> I like start taking bets on that. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: that's going to be the first time one of uh, the Losties end up uh, in the hatch.
2: Ah. Oh. Yeah. We get another quote from Ben in this episode where he tells Michael. Um, he gives him. I don't know if this is cryptic, but like he kind of gives him a stare and he says, "We're the good guys." Yeah. When he asks, "Who are you guys?" Um, and I kind of like that line because um, it's it's so much more interesting than just having like a straight villain slash heroes face off. Like, because mm-hmm. every villain, I don't think every villain is. Unless you're writing, like, a shitty villain. Like, no villain is just evil just because. Right. And they always think that their motivations and everything is yeah. is is correct. And that's, you know, that's what's motivating them.
1: The general line is, uh, every villain is the hero of his own story. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Yeah, I like that. Um, I,
1: I don't think that it's always true, but uh, uh, I think that it's a pretty good rule of thumb.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and those type of villains are always fun because they... They have a set of convictions that they're holding to. And they're trying to act in a way that, that they feel will be beneficial for themselves or for the world or whatever. And yeah, I mean, it's
1: the reason why uh, uh, Killmonger is one of the best uh, Marvel villains.
2: Yeah. I, I did love Killmonger as a, as a, as a, as a character. Cause I, yeah, I really like him as a character. As a villain,
0: you start to go, wait, he makes a lot of good points. Yeah, <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah, the ending of that movie... Is weird to me because he's like, "Oh, we gotta use our technology to liberate all these oppressed Black people all over the world." And then the hero of the movie says, "Or we can give <laughs> this advanced technology to the governments of the world that are oppressing these people." Yeah. And yeah. I'm the good guy, so that's what we should do. That is. And we all go, "Yeah, that's right."
2: <laughs> that is strange. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Uh, I never really thought about it that way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it that way either. Damn, that's interesting.
1: Like, mostly, like, I, I kind of just stopped thinking about the movie right after, uh, uh, spoilers for the ending of Black Panther, everyone. <laughs> uh, like, right after uh, Michael B. Jordan delivers that fucking line, that killer line at the end, uh, the one, uh, uh, uh bury me in the sea with my ancestors who knew that death was, uh, uh better
2: than bondage. Damn! <laughs> I forgot about that Damn.
1: line. Yeah, every time I watch it, I'm just like... <sighs> and the thing is like i can't i can't even
2: think about the rest of the movie after that because it's so badass that is kind of (laughs) dope yeah i like that i I wonder who they're gonna get for the next uh the next black panther villain because that's that'll be kind of interesting because michael b jordan killed it yeah Mm -hmm. so like he's supposed
1: to come back oh really uh, a lot of people are just like i can't believe that you would bring him back from the dead (laughs) and it's just like he doesn't have to come back from the dead he could be in the that land of the kings or whatever that black panther uh, yeah, sees yeah. when uh he takes the route
2: yeah i found that i found those scenes kind of fun to watch too uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, those are neat
1: yeah black panther was a good movie <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hugo gets released from being a part of the group um yeah obviously what we've seen already have play out in the season to come is they just needed Jack, essentially, and they needed to play Kate off Jack, and they needed to play Sawyer off Kate. so it was this weird three-dimensional chess game that I think Ben probably uh, manufactured or, you know, put into play. Um, But they don't need Hurley, so they release him.
1: And they they tell Hurley to tell all the rest of the losties not to come over to this side.
2: Yeah. That is interesting, because... And I think they never do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hurley did his job.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's only uh, once... uh, Jack goes back, that uh, they go back to where they're not supposed to, yeah, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, and not to get into any spoilers from any any future episodes that we're going to do here on What's Up With That, bro. but um, this is like pre-Game of Thrones TV that we're watching. Or Game of Thrones, like, were, yeah, I think they're not...
1: It was just books at that point.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and they're like, they're just books. And that, that like, it, like, I feel like within a Game of Thrones story, like, the, the thing that kind of made it, more of a phenomenon was that they weren't willing to shy away from killing off main characters. I feel like mm. if they did lost now, or if they did lost, you know, around now, they following the zeitgeist of what we have now in popular culture, they probably would have been they probably would have been okay to off Hurley in this episode because he's <laughs> he's with these with these others, and the others don't have any use for him, and it's just kind of odd to send him back. I guess they didn't feel that he was a threat. They probably have his file, so they know yeah. he's not gonna too much but but yeah I, I felt that was an yeah. odd choice like but I think m- if this were a show where
0: they were more nonchalant about killing people they might have killed Michael oh, and yeah. kept Walt yeah that, that was another option they had
1: or they might have uh, uh killed Michael and then just sent Walt back to uh, the world by himself
2: interesting yeah at this point they don't like if they want did that Walt.
1: it would have been some like uh I would imagine that uh, instead of Ben saying, "We keep our promises," mm. uh, Ben would have said, "I keep my promises," and uh, Mister Friendly would have shot him in the back of the damn house.
2: cold, <laughs> ice cold. Yeah,
1: because yeah. it's got to be Tom Friendly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you for giving yeah. away my name. B was <laughs> her name. B straight up. That's the multilingual girl lady, right? That that we see later. Um. I w- uh, want to say, let's double check because.
0: We might be doing that thing where it's a black woman. You know, just the same
2: All black women on the
0: show, which she might be. She,
2: Well, I think we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll try to do some research on yeah. that. But also, if... Tom Friendly, played by
0: my favorite rapper, MC Ganey.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, always happy to have MC Ganey on the show. <laughs> I feel like seeing any scenes with him is so much fun. Because yeah. they don't play these... A lot of these characters, maybe with the exception of a couple, they don't play uh, the villain straight up. And Tom Friendly is just what his name suggests yeah. he's, he's kind of an affable dude throughout the series like even after he's dead and we find him in like in, you know in flashbacks yeah. he's just eating fruit and hanging out with dudes in his hotel room <laughs> like he's a good dude he's just hanging out yeah but well, out of curiosity
1: uh i know you said that uh that's your favorite uh rapper name. yeah
0: uh what, what would your dj name be <laughs> oh dj dj my, my if i was a dj uh-huh. oh i would be dj dkj Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You got a
2: good one, dude. That is a good one. I like that. Like, um, it, it would just be, like, on the marquee. It would be, like, DJ D, DKJ alongside Danger Mouse or whoever else is, is DJing that night. Uh, I'm just
1: wondering, because uh, Humble Bundle has uh, uh, they have a music collection thing now huh. where it's a uh, music making software.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah, and it's right about that time where every few years I think to myself, like, I'm going to buy music-making software so I can make music. And then I buy it, and I try and make music, and I'm like, I don't know the first thing about making music, and then I give up again. Yeah. It, it happens every, like, three to five years. Yeah,
2: I see. Yeah, that that does seem hard. I don't have any kind of musical background yeah, or neither. talent, but, like, I always find that fascinating when people yeah. are like, this, they can just bundle that stuff and, like, mm-hmm. make whatever tunes you're going to make would you Have be you uh those. dj aj dj aj <laughs> i guess that would work uh, i guess that would work <laughs> or aj dj no that doesn't i don't know A- one of those A-D-J-J?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's it's dj it's dj aj in the house or it's something <laughs> it's gonna be one of those um and chad wait. you would be dj
0: the cw
1: <laughs> oh
3: shit <laughs>
0: oh shit
1: djcw not the channel
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole name yeah djcw not the channel
1: i was uh i was actually thinking like uh, i should call myself dj not a comedian <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel like that would be funny if it's like a whole like sentence yeah. basically it's hilarious or phrase at least
2: <laughs> we need we need somebody that's that's familiar with the uh, full house and we can get another dj
0: yeah
1: it was the only uh, DJ
2: I knew growing up. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, that that was another thing that I thought I was going to call myself DJ Pronounced Deej. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried looking up like those memes where it's like, oh, I'll use this to figure out your whatever name. Oh, yeah. And then the DJ thing is like, uh, it's DJ uh, something that you're afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> That's <a> good one. <laughs> or your greatest fear, I think.
0: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh,
1: it's like so a Batman thing. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, I'm DJ dying alone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'm DJ police. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: yeah, but I love those things. Like, you see them on Facebook and Instagram or whatever, when it's like, oh, figure out your DJ name, and you use, like, the first letter of your first name, and then the last letter of your last name. Mm-hmm. I always share those and just spell it F-U. <laughs> <that thing. laughs> yeah. And very rarely does anybody ever notice that's great
1: everyone just looks at it and they are like I wonder what my name yeah. is <laughs> I'm not paying attention to you I just like the meme
2: <laughs> that's great uh we get I get what what I'm sensing is our first Charlie Claire kiss because like um they do you a know lot. the music goes up they put the music yeah. up. We get, like, some CG stars, so it's supposed to be, like, this cute romantic thing that happens under the stars yeah. or whatever. So I'm assuming that's the first time they kiss. Unless... I don't know.
1: I would. I didn't even pay attention to that part. I was flipping <laughs> through my notebook trying to figure out when Desmond comes back.
2: Yeah. I was like, yeah, give me back my Desmond. Yeah. Well,
0: it's like sometimes when I'm watching a movie... My wife will cover her eyes if something gross is about to happen. I'm like that's what Chad does when he sees a kiss about.
1: It. <laughs> <laughs> every every time uh, two characters are about to kiss, I'm like, "Where's
0: Desmond?"
2: <laughs> I came here for. He Desmond. told me he would see me in another life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: wanted to see me in this life. Yeah. Come back, Desmond.
0: Come back. But Charlie's a real jerk at the end of the episode because he shows up at the camp and everyone's like, "Oh, where's where's Echo and, and Locke and everything?" He's like, "Oh, they're not back yet." I like the fact
1: that he's the one that outran the explosion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a huge explosion. He doesn't say, oh, we should probably go. Those scenes were weird. (laughs) Those scenes were so weird.
2: Like, he just he can't hear. He just like survived the dynamite explosion. I do really like the fact that he's talking loudly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He comes back, but he has this he has this like this bubbly personality, like, yo, dude, you almost got murked. What what is what is what is the dealio here? And also no, he's too just like
1: so happy to see
2: Claire again. Yeah. So maybe that that I could be fine with that explanation. <laughs> but it's just you done left two people for dead in this weird thing that just turned all violet. So like, but then um he comes oh. back and she even mentions like yo, um when the sky turned violet, he's like it did like you know to to fuck with yeah. that, but.
1: Oh, d- doesn't he actually mention all the things that happened, though? Yeah. When she's like, what happened? And he's like, oh, did you want me to tell you about the uh, almost being blown up by dynamite or this other thing? <laughs> or this and she's fork? like, be serious. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just like, all right, I guess I'm just going to lie to yeah. you.
2: I see. Yeah. What is that? Like, Um, I couldn't make sense of that. that...
1: Like, I was like, why don't you just say, bitch, I'm telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh I yeah just I, that that was that was kind of strange like the the whole all those scenes afterwards like i guess i don't know what 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 those scenes are supposed to go for because like um yeah he he just averted death and i guess that's not a thing on that island anymore especially at the end of season two for charlie but but he <laughs> comes back a little bit too too jovial like yo yeah. man you almost died yeah
0: he doesn't even tell people hey uh, I think Mr. Echo might have been uh, seriously injured in that explosion. Someone should go find him.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think where we pick it up, where we in the episodes that we've already seen, is just, um, it's just oh, we have to go look for Echo. He's been blown somewhere, and they find Locke who's been blown somewhere, and then Desmond also. So uh, yeah, it's very strange, very very strange.
0: Yeah, and he's also mean to Locke when he sees him next time. Because oh, Locke right. shows up and he can't, he doesn't have his voice, and he has to do his like spirit journey thing. Right, and, and Charlie's just giving him, him a shit. lot of attitude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, uh, I can kind of understand why Charlie might have been giving him all that shit. He's just like, "You made me live through a fucking dynamite explosion yeah, and like a crazy. And now you can't talk. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking with you
2: now. Yeah. We uh, we get a little. I don't know if we would call this the button, but this is our, the the final yeah. moments of the episode is we get these two guys speaking Portuguese somewhere that's really cold, monitoring for electromagnetic anomalies. Yes,
0: yeah, so I think they're probably down like at the southernmost tip of South America or into Antarctica, because I think like Argentina, they they speak Portuguese there? Uh, they do in Brazil. Brazil,
2: yeah. yeah that's so strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was yeah, cause it,
1: like brazil and or not brazil uh spain and portugal divided uh, uh south america yeah. uh kind of in half except that one country is like most of it yeah <laughs> and then all of the other countries spain got
0: yeah so uh, and there's like a couple of random ones that where they speak portuguese and i'm not sure what they are
2: yeah yeah very very interesting i don't know odd um but it is kind of fun. I think. I don't think. I, was, I think I might have seen this episode when it originally aired, but um, that was like. I think I was just getting into Lost. I don't think I'd seen the previous seasons really. Um, so, the remaining, I think, of what we got is probably going to be a lot of fun to to get into. Because I'll I'll be like I got some general idea, but I'll probably be in yeah. the same boat as Chad. I I mean, yeah, that'll this. be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but these these uh, Portuguese speaking guys in in their little tent or whatever out in the uh snowy somewhere they they find they have a an alarm that's telling them there's been an electromagnetic anomaly and they call penny widmore right and Who, sh- i guess hired them to look for <laughs> electromagnetic anomalies
2: yeah yeah and we get her and she doesn't i don't think that comes back until the season three finale right where she where they they find penny's boat yeah. at the
0: end or not penny's boat or not penny's boat yeah but uh um
2: or maybe was it like was it like two seasons later where she shows up? I forget already. But. Yeah,
0: because I think it's the end of season four when she shows up,
2: right? Because like I remember, I remember seeing her on that boat, and then uh, they all get up and they have to do their their uh, stories of where says they have to lie, yeah, um, and they become the Oceanic Six right. or whatever. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's 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 always kind of interesting. But like I guess we're seeing the track being laid for that storyline, and then it you know, and then I guess they always had in mind were. Maybe Penny was going to come in at some point with the boat. Yeah, probably.
0: I guess it's just weird because I guess the last time she saw him, he was going to prison because she wrote him that letter. That's right. And then ever yeah, I
1: don't even remember him going to prison. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him joining a monastery. And I remember him joining the army. boy has lived a full life.
2: Yeah. This Desmond Hume character has lived such. A... He's been a he's been a soldier. Yeah. He's been a. He's been in a monastery. He's been, been a soldier,
1: prison. he's been a monk, he's been a vinter.
0: He's man. been a time traveling
2: dude. Like uh-huh. he's he's like man. your he's like your everyman. He's or...
0: training for a solo race around the world in a sailboat.
2: <laughs> right. This guy has he's like if if I swear to god, he should be selling Dosekis. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's crazy. Um but yeah, like uh but yeah, that's that's what we get in the Desmond Hume character. Henry you and Henry in Kusick? Yes. Like that? Yeah, I agree. Who, is, who currently lives on the island that we live on? We gotta get that home yeah. show. <laughs> he
0: does stuff with the Hawaii Theater for Youth a lot. Like oh. his wife is like in, involved with that, so he'll do like
2: fundraisers or stuff with them. So that he chose to stay. Does he chose to stay and live here? Yeah, uh, interesting.
1: Well, oh, didn't he like just move back here?
2: Oh, was that what it was? I, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't believe it. Because I've seen the, him in a few other things. The only
1: person who I really paid attention to was uh, Daniel Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I paid attention to him because he was too much of a
2: coward to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Daniel, your moment isn't past. If you make yeah. your way back to these parts, David will fight you. Yeah, or I'll meet you somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, if David has to fly to California to fight you, uh you know, we'll start raising money. Yeah,
0: we'll do a, a Kickstarter for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So take or, time Or uh, adding another Patreon goal.
2: Yeah yeah so take time out from your hellboy premiere and make your way back here at some point
0: yeah. if you, uh, if you um uh give us uh, two hundred dollars a month on the patreon, <laughs> we'll fly to Los Angeles and fight Daniel day Kim yeah yeah so um but but he has
1: to agree to it right <clears throat> or are you just gonna jump him <laughs> just,
0: I think I'm just gonna like find him on the street and just start talking shit about him <laughs> until he punches me. <laughs>
1: Couldn't you, like, take a glove and then, like, slap him in the oh, face Oh,
2: yeah. A something? gentleman's glove. Yeah, challenge yeah. him to a duel. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That is incredible. Yeah. That is so good. So,
0: so let us know how you think I should fight Daniel Dae Kim.
2: Yeah. Um, we're, we're open to all suggestions. Yeah. We threw out a couple with a uh, gentleman's glove and, and uh, just general shit talking on the street. Yeah. So we'll, we'll land on one of these.
0: Yeah, so just uh, do that on Twitter. Hashtag <laughs> Daniel San De Kim. Because we'll fight Karate Kid's
2: time. (laughs) (laughs) What if that's a suggestion? They're like, I want you to crane kick Daniel Day Kim. Oh, my God.
0: When he least expects it.
2: (laughs) Like, Daniel turns around like, did you just crane kick me?
0: Why are you standing on one leg? (laughs)
1: Uh, I'll... I'll be uh, next to that fight uh, with, the, with the drum. <laughs>
3: I'll be there with that
2: drum, thing. that little <laughs> drum thing. From... I should know what it's
1: called because I think that's Okinawa. And, uh, I'm disgracing my ancestors so right now.
2: I love that. Yeah. Like, I love those drums. I, I, that's the that's the thing I remember the most about Karate Kid 2 is those damn. drums. <laughs> and that was it.
1: Now, the part that I remember the most is the uh, Peter
2: Cetera song. Oh, shit. <laughs> Something about like a night in Shining Is that the song? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the song. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, that was a guy from here too, right? Like, Peter Satora.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, no, I don't think so. I no. mean, I don't know where he's from. Uh, I know he's from the band Chicago. I don't oh, know if he's from the city of Chicago.
2: <laughs> I
1: don't believe that he's from
2: Hawaii. though. <laughs> oh man, if that—that'd be strange. If it's just if Chicago is filled with a bunch of Chicago guys and Peter Satora from Hawaii, no. you know, like, <laughs> I just got in on the ground floor, guys. When yeah, getting I, was good. They're just big fans of
0: the musical chicago
2: <laughs> i'm a fan of saturdays in the park <laughs> and also yeah. chicago
1: the uh, 45 or
2: 624 <laughs> <laughs> um right. or it's 25 or
1: 624 i think anyway uh so peter Sotero was born in chicago oh
2: yeah. all right well that that answers that Asked, Asked and answered, yeah. folks. you come to our podcast for the answers guys and we're doling them out uh, whenever we can <laughs> yeah so
0: uh tweet us your your uh your questions yeah. with, with hashtag look this up for us yeah and uh and we will look it up for you
2: why waste a google search when you can just email or twitter yeah us. Tweet how, at us how would they then?
0: uh
1: how would they email us if they wanted to do that
2: that would be at uh what's up with that bro podcast at com. yeah or you can just tweet at us at what bro pod
0: yeah
1: or tweet at us individually i'm uh Oh, fuck.
2: Oh. <laughs> chat is fuck, you guys. I want to see I'm
1: uh, chat uh, at
0: chat underscore wago. That
2: sounds right. Yeah. Unless you've changed it. <laughs> it sounds good. You yeah. can catch me over at adms 3 on Twitter. Yeah, and I, I'm, a DK, uh, no.
0: yeah, DK-J I'm DKJ Comedy. comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> uh. Oh, fuck. I jumped the gun. Yeah. Pushing us into the, uh, the plugs. Yeah.
0: Well, it uh, is time to, to to be wrapping up. when we just yeah, we didn't few, even do uh, Easter eggs. A few, few Easter eggs to point out, please. Um, Kelvin Inman, the who was in the hatch with her, uh, the Desmond. Uh, Kelvin is J.J. Abrams' dad's name. Oh sure. Oh, he right. always puts someone named Kelvin into his projects. Huh? I, didn't I did that. not know yeah. that. That's amazing. I think it was his dad. Somebody, he uh, somebody in his life.
1: It was someone who was very cool. Yeah, because
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kelvin temperature
2: yeah nice (laughs) nice um well uh, considering our we've come to the close of this episode but next week we're going to be considering part one of live together die alone what do you think that's going to be chad that's uh, oh
1: that's going to be uh the beginning of the uh real time
2: (laughs) uh it is going to be
1: the explanation of why all the things in this episode are happening (laughs) rather than them just happening yeah
2: Nice. Yeah, I think I think we got the payoff, and then next week we're going to get the build-up. All <laughs> of <for> the setup. <laughs> the setup for this final <laughs> finale. Yeah. So that's... Uh,
1: do we uh, still want to talk about what we're getting lost in? Yeah, quickly. Fuck
2: yeah. Um,
1: I've, uh, cur- I myself have currently been getting lost in The Legend of Zelda uh, over several different things. Nice. Because I bought myself a Switch because nice. it was on sale. Uh, they have a deal right now where you get $35 in e-store credit. Oh, shit. So it's just like, oh, man, this is a good sale. Also, I had uh, like $185 in Amazon credit uh, just from using my uh, Amazon card Mm -hmm. and uh, buying way too much bullshit. (laughs) But uh, uh, in addition to uh, buying a Switch and having uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, my dad decided to get me a DS Uh, 2ds exactly and uh, i also have ocarina of time 3d now so when i'm at home sometimes i'll play ocarina and when i'm at work uh not while i'm working if any of my bosses are listening (laughs) but during my lunch break i'll break out the switch and play breath of the wild nice Nice. so i'm very slowly making my way through multiple legends of zelda
2: okay um well what i've been getting lost in is probably um uh actually i was playing this is kind of a video game related thing too was I was playing um Square Enix's new uh, Kingdom Hearts game that came out that uh, Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3 now it's 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 fun it's a fun one it's um it it's it's a lot of fun but I think I might have aged out out of it because um, like, I think when they originally released it in 02 it was like kid-friendly and the second one was kind of kid-friendly this was it's still all Disney characters and stuff like that so um, it's always fun but I think the I think that the the wow factor of like, oh this is this Disney character and this is that Disney character I was I was kinda like, mm, alright, this is fine, but I wanted more of a challenging game. It it was kinda on the easy side. But um but yeah, that's the last thing I think I got lost. What oh, was your in. Yeah.
1: favorite uh, Disney world that they uh, go to?
2: In this one? Yeah. It would probably have to be um the Pirates of the Caribbean world. It nice. was so much fun. Like it that was one of my one of the more fun worlds. Also, like in that world you get your own pirate ship oh, and then okay. you also get to uh, at some point in the game you also get to control the black Pearl. so that, that's always fun that's cool and in that world like um it's kind of reminiscent of some of the old final fantasy games because like in some of the old games you kind of just travel the map and then you find certain islands in mm-hmm. the pirates of the caribbean world there's so many mini islands that you can sell to and they all have all kinds of crazy shit that you can like pick up yeah. uh, items and everything um kind of reminiscent of like Finding like Knights of the Round and one of those weird caves. Yeah, in that's what it was. Yeah. If there
1: was uh, one one world that you would get rid of, which one would that be? The one that you were least satisfied by. The
2: one that I one that I disliked the most, and I can't even tell you why. It just it, it just wasn't feeling it. it was probably um. Toy Story World, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. It was either the Toy Story World or the Big Hero Six World. It was like either Oh of those. shit. They
1: go to Big Big Hero Six World.
2: They could have dropped either of those, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's fun. There's um they they do a lot of stuff. Um, they have like a they have a, um they have a Tangled world. There's a Frozen world. Mm-hmm. So they have all that stuff. Um, and those those are those are all kind of yeah. fun.
0: Yeah, I think that might be another thing why you didn't enjoy this game as much is that it's all newer stuff. Yeah, it's all these newer things that aren't don't really have that much meaning to.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so too cuz like all all that stuff I think, yeah, like it's 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 more modern and by that time I think I was already off of Disney, so I yeah. haven't even seen some of those films like uh, Tangled or yeah, or uh Frozen.
1: That would have been dope if they made like a Cocoa world. Oh, that, that would have been, been cool.
2: cool. Yeah. Going to the world of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> that was interesting I felt like they could have did more different stuff because like in the sequel the second one they did like a Tron world where you get to go to like mm -hmm. the world of Tron like um I was was hoping they would do something similar but uh, well
1: Tron was always owned by Disney it's not like uh, they had just bought it like Star mm -hmm. Wars or Marvel
3: Yeah,
2: which
1: also would have been fucking amazing
2: now now Disney owns everything so I'm excited (laughs) for the next Kingdom Hearts where like you're just fighting xenomorphs with a xenomorph (laughs) keyblade and all this other shit it's like, look,
1: man, I just want a keyblade lightsaber. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Give me that so I can chop up these xenomorphs. Oh, that's that's like um that's like that old fighting game that was like uh, an emulator of a bunch of characters you just throw in. I forget what it was called, but mm. it was like um you'd have like Peter Griffin fighting over Simpson or something <laughs> like that. Um I forget. It was like some weird emulated fighting game All where right. every character you ever wanted was just in there. It was just weird. I think it was open source too, so people could like build characters Mm -hmm. and throw them in there.
1: I think it had to be open source because if not it would be fucking illegal. (laughs) Uh, Actually it was probably fucking illegal anyway. Yeah.
2: Like all these licenses are getting violated. (laughs) Why is Ryu punching like Marge Simpson in the head?
0: Oh, what about you, David? What have you been getting um, lost in? I've been getting lost in uh, a PlayStation 4. I finally upgraded to the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. What have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of uh, Borderlands, the handsome collection, nice. <laughs> which is just uh, Borderlands 2 from the PlayStation 3, only just in HD. So oh. it's the game that I was playing on my PlayStation oh, 3 all the time. it's yeah, 2 and 2.5. the pre-sequel. Yeah. The two so. games I was playing mostly on my PlayStation 3 for the last year. Now I get to play them slightly higher quality graphics. Uh, <laughs> so.
2: Nice. Good for me.
1: Who's, who's your favorite uh, character build
0: on there? Um, play it with Maya a lot. Okay,
2: she's just the like the easiest.
0: Yeah, the siren. I see. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Cool. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, real quick before we 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 uh, say goodbye for the rest of the episode, I do wanna. Give a shout out to our favorite extra on the show, Judy Chamnus. Oh, was yeah. Back. She was back in this episode. Judy. Yeah. Popped up for a second. Glad to see her. And we'll probably be seeing more of her throughout the season, I hope.
2: Yeah. Like, we're going back. We're going to see more. of her. am hoping yeah. she's going to pop up more. <laughs> a whole lot more.
0: Yeah, because based on how much we've seen her in later seasons, it wouldn't seem like you'd have a huge fandom for this person.
2: <laughs> but we
0: do. That you see once every seven episodes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh. Well, yeah, thanks everyone for listening, yeah, and please so follow us on all those those media things that we do yeah. out there. So, What Bro Pod on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. You can find us everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. and we'll, we'll find you anywhere. Daniel Day Kim and I'll fight you.
2: <laughs> I I want to see this blow up. I want to see this like get like some kind of weird viral where like uh, a local Hawaii man wants to fight Daniel Day Kim, <laughs> crane kick style. Yeah, it'll be fun. But yeah, please uh, tweet at us and send us all your suggestions yeah. for this upcoming fight and all these other things. But um, but yeah, thanks a lot for sticking around.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, it's another episode in the can.
2: You know what to do. Get lost.